I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. And as you might know, every other week, we do something that's not a news-related show. We do different kinds of topical discussions, sometimes microsodes, short subject episodes, sometimes interviews, sometimes other weirder stuff. And this time, it's a little bit of interview and a little bit of microsode. This past month, as we've been talking about quite a bit, I did some traveling. I went to San Diego Comic-Con and Camp Fangamer. And while I was at both those locations, I was privy to some awesome and insightful panels and discussions. So today we like to share a couple of those. At San Diego Comic-Con, Jess and I were part of some roundtable press interviews for Adult Swim, with both the creative team of the new series Brad Neely's Hargnollin Sklopio Pipio, and also Gendy Tartakovsky, the creator of Samurai Jack and Symbionic Titan, talking about the final chapter of Samurai Jack coming this year to Adult Swim. Now, press roundtables, I don't usually like them. They can often be really impersonal, and when it comes to recording... Most of the time, they're in downright not good conditions. The way it works is you'll have a bunch of different tables with members of the press seated at each table waiting for a personality to show up and go from table to table. So if there's enough personalities being shown around, it can get pretty noisy. Sometimes, in fact, almost every single time I've ever done one of these things, they've run kind of late and tables won't get enough time with personalities to even ask all your questions. I much prefer sit-down interviews here on Nerdy Show, whether in person or over Skype, and so on and so forth. Though it is fun to meet these people in person. That's always really great to make that personal contact. But these events can also be extremely impersonal in spite of that. At this year's Comic-Con, we did both these Adult Swim press roundtables, as well as roundtables for Amazon's adaptation of Philip K. Dick's Man in the High Castle, and also a press conference for the new Luc Besson movie, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I'll be talking in brief about all of these, but first let's get to the good stuff. I want to share with you the Adult Swim press roundtables because these are the ones that actually turned out best audio quality wise. They're pretty short, but there's some good stuff in both of them. First up is Brad Neely's Hargnollin Sclopio Pipio. Now, if this is the first you're hearing about this show, you're probably wondering, what the hell is that? And if you haven't heard the name Brad Neely, there's a good chance you actually know something he's done. Way back in the mid-aughts around, I think, 2007, maybe, uh, potentially earlier, there was an early internet video called Washington from what appeared to be a rap duo called Cox and Combs. And it was sort of a, a really surreal, funny 
tall tale rap about Washington, in many ways you could say, predating uh, Hamilton the musical. And that was, uh, that was Brad Neely. That was the first thing he did that got noticed, really, on the, on the grand scheme of things. Then he went on to do a little something that Harry Potter fans might know of, an alternate audio track to play over the first Harry Potter movie called Wizard People, Dear Reader, which, whether you like Harry Potter or not, is a great way to watch that increasingly unwatchable first film. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, he got a cease and desist and therefore wasn't able to do the remainder of the series. But that's cool. He moved on to bigger and better things. Turner Broadcasting briefly had a internet video website called Super Deluxe, where he debuted some characters that live on to this day, including Baby Cakes and the Professor Brothers, who, after Super Deluxe was dissolved, were absorbed into Adult Swim for the series China, Illinois, which is actually one of my favorite shows to ever be on Adult Swim. It's recent to the last uh, several years, so if you haven't had cable during that time, now is a pretty good time to uh, figure out where to watch that and check it out. You can probably get it on Amazon, probably, and follow our links to do so. The series has been described as sort of Animal House in reverse. It's about the teachers in a haywire school with a lot of surreal stuff that happens. And uh, just to give you a taste of what Brad Neely's all about, before I play this press roundtable, let me play you a classic audio clip, very short, of Baby Cake singing about cat people. And this is something that's very much in the vibe of what his new show, Hargnall and Sclopio Pipio, is all about. Quick, random, weird fun. Cat people run, run like the wind. Cat people screw, screw like the wind. Even old moldy Noah didn't want to let him in. Cat people, whoa, 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 wind. All right, you know the cat ladies work it in their shoes and their coats. I saw one take down a big zebra just by biting his throat. All right. So now that you've had a taste of that, Let's go to the round table. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hi. It's a nice hair color. I like it. Thanks. Nice cardigan color. Thank you. I can't believe you're wearing a cardigan. I've been meaning to comment on this. It's, it's, it's so hot outside. Yeah, but inside. They That's true. It's a little cool. I feel like I'm outside inside. But it's three layers. So what's up, guys? What do you want to talk about? What's, what's new? Nothing much. Just hanging out. That's such a loaded question. Oh, my God. I, was gonna, I can't really say what I think is new right now. Um... You're not in the new Star Wars movie, I guess. I'm not in it. Oh, okay. That would be awesome. <laughs> We're in it. I did. I did we are. In it. I've been trying to get spoilers all day. I am not. This is an exclusive. Somebody here. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you what happened. We are actually my godfather. It's very weird, but it's J.J. Abrams. <laughs> He's been just telling me everything that happens, and we want to know. Like, bounce a lot of ideas off. No, he just likes to tell me what's hey, going tell on in the movie, and you like they all die. Uh, I think that makes total sense. Gone. Is he in the new one? <laughs> <laughs> in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Little Anakin. Little Anakin's gone. Little Anakin just managed to take Yeah. That is, I mean, they don't like to talk about Spoiler Anakin alert, at least. He is in the, new, in the new movie. He's incredible. Yeah. He plays a Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to commit to it. You don't really do Star Wars. I know, I'm sorry. Well, I, I was actually, I was trying to cram for this and watch 
hard nailing. No. Nope. They were trying to teach me. It was Brad Nolan. Clopio. Brad I'll never get it. You can just say hard Yeah. Well, and worse, I was trying to watch it on the YouTube, but you have to sign in because it's apparently a little bit of graphic. It's a little bit of mature. Can you handle it? Well, I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't make the panel. But why would the show hate us? Oh, does it say that? That was the original, I, I that was the original press release. That was the press release. Yeah. Hmm. It, it doesn't <laughs> anymore. It, it loves you a little more. It was, it was called TV Sucks, and the original press release was Beware, This Show Hates You. Uh-huh. It's sort of what it said. But we love so many people. It's like... They're married. I got a girlfriend. We're in love. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it. We don't hate. We don't hate them. We don't hate them. We love. <laughs> we love our family. We love our friends. <laughs> All of you seem great. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I why you're sitting there. They think that network is trying to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> to everybody who's Ratings are bad for a network. <laughs> <laughs> no one actually looks at those things anyway. <laughs> right? so, we do. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about... How you guys got from China, Illinois to Hargnollen? Because, I mean, when you started Super Deluxe, they were shorts. They were solid shorts. Then you expanded that into, like, actually some shockingly in-depth plots in China, Illinois. And now we hear we're at, like, something ADHD well beyond what's happened in Super Deluxe. So how'd you guys make this transition from super scripted to, like, I guess super off-script? You say ADHD? Like, did you mean like attention deficit yeah. disorder? Yeah, I mean like this. Hardjohn Scopio Pipio is hyperactive. Yes, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, no. Um, we were actually doing both shows at the same time. We were finishing China season three when we were starting Hardjohn, and we thought we were going to be doing both shows. And the network decided they didn't want to do any more China, so we were like, all right. But well, China's like done. China is done. Oh shit! China's over. She died. <laughs> so, oh like, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's sad, but, you know, things happen like that. So we're able to focus more on this type of show, and it kind of felt good to just be able to think looser like I did when I was working on the uh, shorts for the internet, let music kind of guide the way on a lot of the bits. We have, I made like 75 songs for this show. So, you know, we had music in China, but we felt like often we were kind of forcing it in because it was such a narrative-based show. So here it was, like, the rule was let let the bits breathe, mm-hmm. let the jokes work, and then get out as soon as we finish. Oh, yeah. We were figuring out, too, because I mean, some of the shorts were longer as well, and so when we were starting this, the original Super Deluxe ones, yeah. it was like some bits like four or five minutes, and then we realized, too, it's like better to leave people wanting more mm-hmm. than, you know, to keep them, like, yeah. in a minute. We don't need to focus on as much of the story. It's characters and jokes. Like, it's just quite oh, funny. Also, I wouldn't say that it's not super scripted, because yeah. it actually is. Like, oh, everything yeah. is very hyper, like, scripted, and every word matters or correct. Yeah. So, like, a lot of uh, attention paid to the script. It's not narrative, but in that way that, like, you know, Brad is coming up with narrative ideas for China, and now it's more of a curatorial sort of, like, what works, how do we build the episode. Um, so it's, like, the same sort of skill set, but applied with different... Yeah, and all the bits might seem random, but there's, like, a beginning, middle, and end to everything. Yeah. Conceptually, it seems very stream of consciousness, so what's the writing process like? We had a writer's room. I would start with just a big list of ideas, and we would talk about our favorites... And uh, we had a writer's room, we'd take some of their ideas, and then I would just go and write scripts. And then uh, once we realized kind of like what the nature of the show was really going to be, I would just crank 
bits there for a, a long time. It'd be like 10 new scripts a day. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. this is happening now. We made about 600, and then just the show has about 300 in it, like in the first season. So we had a lot left over. They were good, we just had over it. Yeah. Now you mentioned music is, you know, you wrote about 75 songs for this. Does that affect the script at all? Do you write the songs to reflect what you've written or is music more of the, the drive for you in the, the skits? It goes back and forth. Sometimes I just write a, a song that has a melody and the lyrics aren't even there and we figure out like, oh, that could be about beans and weenies or whatever, you know. But sometimes it goes together where it's like, I want to do a song about this. It should be yeah, like a funk song. Let's push those things together. Okay. But each bit had its own rules and own way of manifesting. Now, have you ever written a song or been like driving around and like have sounds in your head and then say, hey, let's, you know, write a story that, that goes with this? Has, has a, something creative on one side spark creativity on the other side absolutely sometimes I'll get an idea for a song it doesn't end up being a song you would, it's like oh that'd be funnier if there was like a character who talked and they would, would hear did these things and vice versa and then sometimes it's drawing based like we're talking and I just do a drawing on a whiteboard and we're like that guy's funny what do we do with him what would he sound like what would he say have you ever had the most perfect song the funniest joke and you just totally forget it Never. <laughs> I'm still fucking trapped. <laughs> now that I have this, the fucking thing, yeah. I, I, there's no way you can forget anything. I mean, I'm annoying because I'll be like, can we stop having dinner for a second and I'll go like, eat how many bars in the bathroom or whatever. <laughs> That's what they're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a few bars in the bathroom. You've been in there for 20 minutes. Yeah. It comes out on screen. <laughs> When that was recorded, I'd only seen the first episode of Hargnall and Sclopio Pipio, and I gotta say, it is my least favorite thing he's ever done. Just full disclosure, I want you guys to know my opinion on it. I do think it's a lot of fun. As far as fast-paced, hyperactive animated TV goes, it's a heck of a lot better than Robot Chicken, in my opinion. But I actually think, I do think it's too fast. I think the ideas come too fast, and when they told me it was actually heavily scripted, I was shocked because it seems as stream of consciousness as the TV episodes of Rick and Morty. But it's fun. There's always a reason to watch. There's many things that I, I reference in passing from this show because there's lots of good bits in it. I mean, there's so many. How could there not be? But if you want a taste of Brad Neely at his best, I can't recommend China, Illinois enough. And Hargnallen, not a damn thing wrong with it. I just don't love it half as much as everything else he's done. And now on to our discussion with Gendy Tartakovsky. It was really exciting to meet him. I've loved his work for a long time. This is, of course, the man who created Samurai Jack, Symbionic Titan, which, if you haven't seen it, is one of the best animated series of the past 10 years, absolutely set up for obscurity by Cartoon Network when they were changing their programming up. You have to check it out. You have to find it. Even though it's super unlikely, I'm hoping and praying for a resurgence of that show in some way, shape, or form. And, of course, he's also the guy who did the original animated Clone Wars series, which was ruled by George Lucas to be in the same level of canon as the holiday special. Even though he sought him out to do the series, I don't really know why it got uh, exiled to Graveyard quite like that, but it did. And Gindy's been attached to a lot of crazy projects over the years. He was briefly attached to the uh, resurgence of Dark Crystal in the early 2000s. He's responsible for both Hotel Transylvania movies, and then based on the success of those, was given the opportunity to do a Popeye movie, which... I know sounds like a terrible idea, 
but he released this animation test that was absolutely amazing, incredible, gorgeous. I could not wait to see this film, and it got shit-canned. It's just gone. There was just another administrative change in whatever movie house that was, and gone. So he's a brilliant guy who has had a little bit of a troubled career because projects will come and go and they won't get the attention they deserve. But fortunately, we're going to see the conclusion to Samurai Jack after a very long time, and uh, he's going to talk a bit in brief, because we didn't get him for very long, about what is to come when Samurai Jack debuts on Adult Swim. Andy, so excited that more Samurai Jack coming. Yeah, everyone's excited. <laughs> it's good. Uh, the reaction, I think, when we first announced it, uh, stunned Adult Swim. Because I think they never had a reaction like that before. Wow. Because uh, everybody, you know, all the press picked up on it, everybody picked up on it, and uh, it was such a positive outcry that they always said, like, what? Wow, look at this. They were all... <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I'm glad that elicited a positive reaction from them. Yes. I would have, I would have thought they, they'd have seen the, the swell and interest in Samurai Jack with the conflicts and everything. But I guess if they're taken by surprise in a positive way, that's not, not bad at all. Yeah, I think for us, like we know more of the inner workings of how things are, but sometimes above us, it's not as obvious. Mm. Mm. Before you came on, we were discussing, I mean, the great things about the show. Personally, from my end, I mean, anyway, love the story. Very well written. I like the style. The style is so good. And then the music. All three of those elements came together into this crescendo just of an amazing show. So when it went away, I mean, you know, we were heartbroken. <laughs> but we figured it would come back sooner. So the fact it's coming back now, I'm just like, all right, well, better, better late than never, right? That's right, yeah. And it's funny, you know, I think the main reason is for the last you know, eight to ten years, we've been trying to develop a movie. And, you know, and I, you know, I went through with all these different producers from Brett Ratner to J.J. Abrams, you know, these big hitters, Sony, and we could never make it work. And I never wanted to lose what it was, that's the thing. You know, like it could be easy to make it something completely different, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be truth, true to it, you know, because it really came from a really honest place inside of me. You know? And, you know, the great thing is, for the last, you know, 12 years, anywhere I speak, anywhere I lecture, anywhere I do press, the first question is always about Jack. You know, and I felt that it was more popular now than it actually was when it was first released. <laughs> you know? And that's an amazing thing. And then when I talked to Mike Lazo, who's you know, the head of Adult Swim, he goes, Gandhi, I feel the same way. People talk to him about it, and it's just something that survived all these years and grew from kid to parent. So it's time to do it. Now, um, the show, even when I was watching it when I was younger, I always thought it was tipping a line of like a little bit too violent and graphic like for Cartoon Network standards right. did that have any effect in you know the show getting canceled but did you want to like you know make it a little bit more intense and is that why I got picked up with Adult Swim no I think those two completely aren't connected I think uh, it didn't get canceled as much as we both the network was doing a big change and then when we were finished uh, Clone Wars came along yeah. right so I had to do that and then after the network changed more, so it felt less and less like my home. You know, everything switched around. And then now coming back to it, it is for Adult Swim. It is a darker time for Jack. And to explore that, and look, we're not going to be like Ninja Scroll all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> if everybody knows the references, yeah, yeah. right? It's super tasteful. For sure, it's more violent, it's more intense, but it's tasteful. And it's actually one of the favorite, my favorite thing that we did. We actually have Jack react to it. So imagine 
years of killing robots and machines, and all of a sudden you kill your first human. And instead of just doing that and just moving on, he actually reflects on it. You know, I think that makes it acceptable to me and makes it more cool and emotional and interesting. Did you approach Adult Swim or did they approach you or how did it come to, to be? I sent an email to uh, Rob Sorcher at uh, Cartoon Network and he forwarded the email to Lazo and Lazo got on the phone with me the next day and within two weeks we were gone. You know, because Mike and I go a long way. Yeah, I pitched him the original series over dinner. I said, Samurai in the future, cutting up robots. He goes, that's great, let's make it. <laughs> what do you think about where the Clone Wars fits in the whole aura of what is Star Wars now? <laughs> Put it that way. It does have a special place with us. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, it's stuff that happened. You know, I mean, part of me is like, you know, the movies are the movies, and that's that, and then the other stuff is the other stuff. That's not how we but treat it. It's, 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 it's pretty epic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, f- it was great fun making it. Uh, it was a great experience. We loved it. You know, it was funny because it was canon, mm-hmm. and it was part of the whole thing. And we even, you know, one of our writers, we made him a Jedi. You know, <laughs> Derek Bachman is Derek Bachman. And then they kind of erased everything, and I didn't know what happened. And then the new ones came, and I just kind of, you know, it's just whatever. Back then, it was George's sandbox, so he could do whatever he wants. But you know, I still get a lot of respect for it, and people still really like it. It's still canon. It's still canon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there's no date yet for Samurai Jack. It's likely this year, but I've also heard it said that it could be early next year. And that was that was too short. That was just too short. But never fear, we've been given some assurances that we will be able to get Gendy on Nerdy Show in the very near future. Suffice it to say, I'm looking forward to that. We actually have a microsode request to talk about Gendy, so I think we'll do one better and embiggen that microsode into something a bit more substantial, shall we say. Now, I mentioned the other press events that we attended at Comic-Con. Unfortunately, the audio quality for all those weren't even as good as the audio quality I've just played listenable, insightful, entertaining, interesting, but just not making the quality bar for what we feel comfortable releasing publicly. However, if you're one of our Patreon subscribers, you've already gotten them. Like I mentioned, we spoke with the entire cast of Amazon's amazing, amazing show, The Man in the High Castle. They split up the actors and producers into different groups, and they circled amongst the tables for their roundtable interviews. So we had different sit-downs one with Rufus Sewell, who plays Obergruppenführer. He was the only one with just one person. The others were all in doubles. One was uh, Luke Kleintank and uh, Bella Heathcote. Luke plays Joe Blake, and Bella plays a new character for season two, Nicole Becker. Then there was Alexa Devalos, who plays Juliana Crane, and executive producer Issa Hackett. Rupert Everett, who plays Frank Frank, teamed up with his pal from the show, DJ Qualls, who plays Ed McCarthy. And finally... Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, who plays Nobusuke Tagome, was teamed up with executive producer David Zucker. Altogether, that's 54 minutes of interviews and some really wonderful conversations that had way too much talking in the background for us to uh, release publicly, and I'm very sorry about that. Uh, I had high hopes for that one. And then also we've got the uh, press conference with Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. That's a movie coming out next year from Luc Besson, the guy who brought us The Fifth Element and many other fantastic films. It was Luc Besson, his wife and co-executive producer, Virginine Silla, and uh, actors Carla Delevene, who plays Loreline, and Dane Dehan, who plays Valerian, the title character. More rough audio, but that's why all these things are behind-the-scenes bonus content for all our patrons. 
because Nerdy Show is an entirely listener-supported podcast and podcast network. And one of the best ways you can support us is to join our Patreon. Even a dollar gets you a bunch of awesome perks, and $5 or more gets you all the latest bonus content for shows, including all of these recordings from San Diego Comic-Con. But that's not all. Like I mentioned, I went to Camp Fangamer in Tucson, Arizona, and that's a story for another time. It's an incredible, experiential video game convention. This year was themed around Mother 3. I've got an article coming. I'm probably going to talk at length about it on the next episode of Nerdy Show. But I also put on some panels while I was there, and we have two of them recorded. One is The Music of Mother, and the Mother series, if you're not familiar, is also better known as the Earthbound series in America. Really, truly amazing games, and their soundtracks are groundbreaking. So we talk a lot about the composers of those games, what we know of their process, and how they've influenced everyone who's played the games, including many musicians. So it's myself along with a host of musicians. Lauren the Flute from the amazing VGM band The Returners, Jamie Kerrigan, a.k.a. Clover and Sea Life, and two of the Super Soul Brothers. We also had a panel that in some ways is kind of a sequel to an episode of Nerdy Show that came out not too very long ago. We were asked to do a microsode on the subject of Terranigma, a fantastic forgotten role-playing game from the Super Nintendo era. And for that, Brandon and I teamed up with Lauren the Flute of the Returners and also a Dill from Fangamer to discuss the game, and that discussion turned into a panel for Camp Fangamer called Mother 3 and the Soul Blazer Trilogy, The Death and Resurrection of the World. What it is is a discussion of myths both ancient and modern about the death and resurrection of our planet, generally at the hands of humanity, and how that myth is represented in a trilogy of games from the Super Nintendo era, Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma, as well as in Mother 3, the final component of the Earthbound trilogy. So it's a neat, kind of spooky, and definitely a bit insightful discussion, and both of those panels are yours to listen to in full if you're a Nerdy Show Patreon supporter. All you got to do is throw down five bucks, and all of this is yours, along with our extensive bonus content featuring, uh, we had a bunch of press roundtables last year from Cartoon Network with the cast and creators of Steven Universe, Adventure Time, panels from Heroes Con, and not to mention tons of outtakes and exclusive episodes from Nerdy Show. All that's yours for just five dollars. And uh, in this case, this, uh, this load from Camp Fangamer and uh, San Diego Comic-Con, that's two hours and 48 minutes, actually, collectively, of brand new content released just now on our Patreon. This episode wasn't meant to be nothing but a sales pitch, but these are actually the best sounding pieces of material that we came away from. But I'd planned to release some of this material as an episode this week, and it turned out that uh, based on a lot of environmental conditions, this was the, uh, the best sounding material that we had. And also some great discussions that I enjoyed a lot. We've spoken to a lot of awesome folks over the years, some big names from the nerd world, and we actually have all those names and episodes logged on the Nerdy Show wiki, and we'll link to that on this episode's page, so you can peruse all the famous folks we've spoken with and, uh, and check out those interviews. So that's the episode, but we'll be back with our flagship show and all the latest nerdy happenings next week. And uh, now I'm going to leave you with something brand new from Heaven Pegasus. If you don't know the name, you might know them as the rap outfit Mouth's Cradle. They recently changed their moniker and started experimenting with stuff. In fact, last time we caught up with them, they'd done a EP of English language translations slash covers of songs from animes and idol groups. But now they're experimenting with 
what I can probably best describe as modern takes on 50s and 60s pop music with a heavy influence of happy hardcore, which is a very fast style of electronic dance music, if you're not familiar with it. Their self-titled record, Heaven Pegasus, came out very recently, and uh, I like it a lot. This is perhaps my favorite track on the record. It's called Fur Fur. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, your feedback is much appreciated. You can either hit us up directly in the comments on Facebook or uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you're feeling extra friendly. If you're needing more nerdy show listening, we put out an episode of State of the Empire, our Star Wars speculation podcast where we look for news in Alderaan places this week. And if you are in the mood to read a book, well, uh, then you should bone up for the next episode of Nerdy Show Book Club where our community read-along is Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. That episode's probably coming late September, if I remember correctly. And this will be the first episode that's not coming out from our flagship show's standalone iTunes feed. It'll be in its own feed, Nerdy Show Book Club, so be sure to subscribe to that feed. Or if you want to get everything we do, there's always the network-wide feed where we publish everything we put out. Anyway, enough of me talking. I'll talk plenty more to you real soon. Here's Heaven Pegasus with Fur Fur. Every single morning of every single day I get on my knees and I pray and pray For for you are the one that showed up Your blessings overflow my cup Your blessings overflow my cup For for you are triggered by trade The people used to know your name For for you are a liar by choice you speak to me in a raspy voice. You speak to me in a raspy voice. Welcome, spirits. I have called you forth. I will find you if you disobey. Invocating conjurity with power arms from majesty appear to me in a calming shape. We've got so much to do today. We've got so much to do today. Welcome, spirits. I have called you forth. I will find you. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. 
If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. Yay! As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other gnarly shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon, brah. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more totally tubular perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can give us, like, surfboard sponsorships or, like, craft beer sponsorships, you know, whatever. You can subscribe to all the Nerdy Show podcasts via iTunes or SoundCloud. And uh, you can leave a comment, like and share, follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks like at Twitter, Instagram, that shit, Pinterest. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, they've totally got it covered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 